0: There's revival happening, it's happening among our youth in the USA, and there's a commonality that we have. Um, These are places where there isn't one person that is leading it, um, and there's humility. God is being lifted up. He said, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself and so that is just a genuine what is happening if we listen to what sermon was being preached it wasn't just one sermon it led up to that sermon and that moment Um, these people have been preaching the gospel and they haven't been taking things out of context and so i want to read luke chapter 6 we see um, when Jesus is walking and he is being free on the Sabbath to heal people. When he chooses his disciples, we see when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount and what he talks about giving. Now this is taken out of context and I don't know if I want to face Jesus and say, "Yeah, I take it completely out of context and it just fit in our culture of the day. Don't you get it, Jesus? In um, in the 21st century, this is how we lived and it was different than back in your day." And I want to say sure there's cultural considerations here. We we talk about the Sabbath day because there was um it, it was Jewish and that's The time that he was there and he was rabbi to them and the leaders were in the synagogue okay so we can say that's the culture of the day and he was introducing christianity by himself and he was going to the cross for us Um, but then other things we read within context And we're not going to take it out of context and say, oh, our culture is different now. What is our culture telling us today? Um, It's telling us to be afraid to speak. It's telling us to be afraid to act. And we need to speak the truth in love. So listen, because towards the end there is a specific scripture that people make it about money and i want you to listen what is he talking about from the beginning of this passage and what is that scripture verse really about we need to make these corrections so i'm going to ask you to share this Um, because when we align with god's word And when we say, oh, you are God, we put what you say before what we think our our culture says, that's when we're going to see God move. Um, I'm just curious, you know, how many pastors and Christian leaders are saying, I wish this was happening at my school, in my church. This is truly a key that I believe the Holy Spirit is revealing to the body of Christ. Okay, Luke chapter 6. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed off the husk in their hands, and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, Why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Haven't you heard in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests can eat. He also gave some to his companions, and Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is it a day to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, hold out your right hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. If it was today, Jesus would have been canceled from social media for sure by doing this. And he spoke the truth in love. He said, I'm not going to stop speaking. I'm not going to stop healing. I'm not going to stop taking nourishment. Uh, And he said, he asked them questions. He observed them and they had no answer and he continued and then they were angry that he did what he said what he was going to do, and they couldn't stop him because they had no answer to that question. And so in those moments, we need to pause and listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to the Word of God, and say, what does the Word of God say about this? Holy Spirit, is there something? And if we're filled with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will bring the Word of God to remembrance in the moment, and he will give us the words to say. We speak them succinctly, in love, the truth of the word of God, that is the truth. And that is what we speak with humility. And that's what we're seeing happen um, in the Asbury revival. Uh, They're speaking the truth in love. They're preaching holiness. And they're saying you can't live in God's love and holy without him and without him consuming you. And so God is pouring out his love and saying, here I am, and I will consume you if you let me. I'm here. I want to fill you. Jesus chooses the 12 apostles. We continue reading Luke 6, verse 12. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. He prayed to God all night. What did Jesus do? He prayed. So we need to be in the spirit of prayer. Devoted us and God. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, Judas son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. And so Jesus said, when he is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. So our role is to get out of the way. Our role is to glorify Jesus. We are part of his body. He is the head. And so we don't need to do marketing. We don't need to um, be spiffy. We just need to sincerely show up worshiping him and giving him space and freedom to speak what he is saying, to heal and... To move. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, verse 20 God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. There's our key to happiness right now. Jesus said this is the key to happiness. Is, hey, when you are excluded and mocked and cursed because you follow me, this will cause happiness. He said, yeah, leap for joy. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. So I do want to say we don't need to be afraid because if they mocked him and hated him, and crucified him and cursed him and spit at him and whipped him then he said you're my disciples and we should expect that and so these are times where we're afraid we're afraid of being canceled on social media of being um, demonetized or deleted or people reviling us and what he is showing us he wasn't afraid of that he spoke the truth and love and he wants us to do the same sorrows foretold. Luke 6 verse 24. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors Also praised false prophets. So, for us who feel like, oh yeah, I have enough, oh yeah, I'm prosperous, I'm happy now, and people sing my accolades, well, he is saying, there's sorrow for you. And so, there's a place to throw it at his feet and to say, okay, I have money and I have resources and I'm pretty happy and people are saying really good things about me. I lay all at your feet. You are Lord and I follow you. And it doesn't mean give that stuff up or give it away. It just means give it to him and say this is nothing compared to you and following you and knowing you. Luke 6, verse 27, and now he's going a lot deeper here. Love for enemies, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you to help us to listen to hear, to help us to be willing to listen to the word of God that is able to save our souls. He goes on to say, do good to those who hate you. And again, we cannot walk in the love of God until we are filled with the love of God from the Holy Spirit. And there's a continual infilling. Um, And we need to be baptized in his love, filled with his love, consumed with his love, so we can walk this way. And laying everything down at his feet and yielding is yielding to love, because he is love. Verse 28, Bless those who curse you, just practice that. You know, there's so much in our society right now that you are blah, 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 because you believe this or you said this or you said, posted this. And our response, instead of arguing back, whether we post the response back or not, is I bless them. We're obeying God by doing that. He says, pray for those who hurt you. Anger, a lot of times, the underlying emotions, we feel hurt, we're sad, we're afraid. And so he didn't say pray for those who anger you. He could have. Um, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with anger. It's just he's going really deep here. The underlying emotions, the experiences that we have. He said, when you are hurt, pray for them. So right now, everyone who has heard us, we're praying for them. We're praying that they may know Jesus and his true power. And if they are Christian, that they may repent and come to fully living for him. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. So what he's saying here is let it go. A lot of times we hold on to, well, they did this to me, and so I'm not going to show them kindness in return. I'm not going to help them. If they ever think uh, they can look to me, uh uh-uh. And what he's saying is, okay, let it go. Let it go. Pray for them and do good to them. And it doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries, because it's really important to have boundaries that we're not going to let them hurt us, and take advantage of us. But we have opportunities to help them and to show kindness in return, where we're not sacrificing um, that boundary where we're saying, oh, come hurt me again. But we're taking a proactive movement to support them when maybe they didn't support us. Maybe they were critical of us. And so we return to them when they are asking for help and we say, okay, you didn't help me. It wasn't helpful. And we're not saying this to them, but we're praying. You know, they weren't helpful to me. Um, And they criticized me. And now they need my help. I'm going to do this to help them. They're asking for this resource, they're asking for this file. I'm not going to hold it back from them. Now, how are they hurting me by me? giving them the file. You know, I have information. They need it to proceed. um, And so I'm not going to hold on to resentment. I'm going to forgive them. And I'm going to give them the file. I'm going to say, this is what you need. Let me know if you need anything else. I did not allow them in my home or in my personal life in any way to come in and harm me by doing that. And it feels good. So just think about that um, when you are having those thoughts to bring a correction with the Word of God. Luke 6:35. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High, for He's kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. So He is just kind. Even people who don't thank Him, even people who are wicked, He shows them kindness. Have you ever had that kindness be mistaken for weakness? People do it all the time. Or stupidity, like you don't know. God is the wisest, and He's teaching us to be like Him. Compassionate, not to get entangled in the hate, and just to show kindness. Again, how are they harming us? How are we letting those boundaries be violated by showing kindness? Really, we're showing a lot of strength. We're hiding in the glory cloud with our Heavenly Father in His love and compassion. And we're showing them who Jesus is. We're lifting up Jesus so He'll draw all men unto Him. Luke six thirty seven: Do not judge others and you will not be judged. He's going really deep here. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will be will determine the amount you get back. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your own eye? when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Within context, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about love, letting go, being kind when people do us wrong. He is saying, don't judge or else you're going to open the door to be judged. He's saying, don't condemn because it's going to come back to you. He's saying, forgive. Within that context is Luke 6, 38. He says, forgive others and you will be forgiven. And I'm going to read it again. And I want you to tell me right now, put it in the chat. I want you to tell me what the church is using the scripture for brothers and sisters in christ we need to repent and preach the gospel and bring correction to this and i'm not saying it was done purposefully um it has quite a jingle to it but it's taken out of context and it's become cultural to use the scripture luke 6 38 on the heels of not judging not condemning forgiving loving our enemies Uh, praying for people who heard us, letting it go, he says. Give, and you will receive. Well, give what, Jesus? Give love, give forgiveness, give a judgment-free zone, give kindness, give prayer. I just looked at words from the Bible preceding this. Give, give those things. And you will receive those things. Your gift of what you just gave them, because it's a gift. They don't deserve it, do they? But we're not going to make that judgment. Your gift, what you just gave and gifted to them, will return to you in full. pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So what he's saying is, yeah, it hurts. It hurts to be nice when they're being mean. It hurts to pray. You know, you don't want to do that. It doesn't seem fair to you. But I'm telling you, I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to press it down, shake it together, make room for more, and pour it in your lap. And make it all worth your while because you are walking in me. You're glorifying me people are seeing me, people are experiencing me, people are coming to me, people are getting saved, and I'm just going to bless you and pour it all back to you. That's what he's saying. What are we making this scripture about? Now, if you haven't heard this, be quoted, then you're good. Just learn. Hey, you know, when I let things go and I'm not resentful and I forgive and I pray, I'm going to be in God's love. I'm going to flow with him. And he promised me a blessing that he'll just make it up to me, even though it's not just in the earth. He brings justice. So just know that. But if you've heard the scripture taken out and they're talking about something other than this depth, Uh, then we need to bring correction. Verse 39, what's the context? He's saying if one person's blind, can they lead another? Won't you both fall in a ditch? Um, And he's saying don't judge. Don't say to people, hey, let me help you out with that. Look at yourself. I'm going to continue reading Luke 6, 43. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes. Grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. Where is our treasure? The treasury is a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. My goodness, if we just preach Luke 6, 43 to 45, and what that means. How do we know people? We know them by their fruit. And when we are squeezed, when we are stressed, what we're saying, our words are coming straight from our heart. And people will know the fruit. And So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, with his compassion, with his love, when we're immersed in him, which is what revival is all about, it's about people experiencing who he is. So we can walk in him and produce this fruit. Then then we're going to be a good, healthy tree that produces good, healthy fruit. We need to work on our spiritual health. And be in him and not be in our flesh and not be in our world and in the culture of this world with all the streaming and social media and what the, what we're told we're supposed to flow with. We flow with the river that has the water of life in it. That's heavenly. And in the word of God, we're taught that it's either we serve Jesus or we're not serving him and we're serving satan the god of this world it's either one or the other within this context brothers and sisters can i ask you luke 638 are you hearing anything about money and offerings and giving because i'm not and there's depth here there's depth in knowing god he wants our heart He wants our obedience. And when we give that to him, he promises to pour out a blessing that we can't contain. And this is what Luke 6.38 is about. Luke 6.46 This is sobering that he went this deep. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it's well-built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who built a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So Luke 6 is powerful. He's teaching us how to live. How to walk with him and to walk as he walked. It's about doing what he says. Listening to his teaching. Following it. When our foundation is on the solid rock, it doesn't matter what comes against us. And so he doesn't promise us ease in life and that there won't be floodwaters. He said it's going to happen but because you are firm and well built and our foundation is in him in the word of god in love and forgiveness and not judging not gossiping um, and in showing kindness again i'm picking these words that i just read to you from luke 6. when we're hurt to pray for them to let things go to help people who haven't helped us and to show them kindness in return. He said, when you live that way, you're obeying me. You're solid. It doesn't matter what comes. It's not going to be easy, but you're good. You're good. And I'm going to pour out such a blessing because you're obeying me. I'm going to consume you with my love and I am holy. And because we're so consumed in him, because he's a consuming fire, then we're just going to naturally be able to keep these commandments. It's going to flow. We're naturally, anything we're struggling with, it's going to fall off. It won't matter anymore. We won't be so drawn to, oh, that, that social media, to just mindlessly scroll or to mindlessly um, stream. We'll be consumed with him and with his word because his words are life. To Those that find them in health to other flesh, and he is going about doing good in his father's houses, what he's showing us what is he doing, he's preaching hope to people, he's preaching the gospel, he's healing people he's he's obeying, and he's flowing, and that's what true happiness is um, and so may we pray right now, Father. In Jesus' name, we ask you to forgive us for taking things out of context, for looking to you as a cash cow. And there's nothing wrong with having things, but we lay it at your feet. Forgive us for having an attitude that, hey, I'm okay, my bills are paid. I have food on the table. I have great shelter. I'm taking trips. I'm good. And you're saying, oh, no, no, you could miss it with that. Lay it at my feet because he's not opposed to anything but of, of those things. But when we make it an idol, when we put it before him and we don't go deep, Father, you're, you're saying to us, You think that's important? Let me tell you what's important. And so we're listening to what you're saying. What's important is to love you, to love others, to love ourselves, to give, to show kindness, to help. And when we do that, you will just pour on us and you'll keep pouring on us. And we have been blocking you. Because we have taken things out of context, and it may not be on purpose. You judge the heart. We can judge no one. Forgive us. We lay it all at your feet. And we choose to follow you and your word and your love. We choose to be grounded with our foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. And we're not going to look at the culture of, oh, they're gossiping in church and they're covering it up with a prayer list, but we're hearing all the secrets of what's going on in people's lives. We're not going to be drawn away from you and your love because that's what's happening in the culture. We're going to turn from those ways. We're going to put our eyes on you. We're going to worship you. And we're going to be vessels of love. And it all begins with us and our repentance. So, Father, please forgive us. May we lay it down. May we not pick it up. Help us as we're tempted to pick it up. Help us. Remind us. We consecrate ourselves to be in your word so we may remind ourselves of the way to interact with you, ourselves, and others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.